Welcome to another episode of Monday Funday Podcast. I'm your host, Ahmed Al-Qadri. And if you could speak Arabic, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Guys, I have a great guest today. He just released an amazing special called Detroit Player. Everyone, please put your hands together for Paul Aaliyah. I don't know if you got my text message. We'll ask it later, but usually, uh, so basically Monday Funday Podcast, I started this about a year and a half ago, but we ask every guest, what's a good piece of advice you were given? Who told it to you and where were you in your life when you're given that piece of advice? Mm, yeah, because oh. there's just so many life advice that people try to give you, especially on the internet. And especially now, well, especially nowadays on TikTok with that little baseline, uh, what was it? The baseline background music, black and white video editor. And it's like, all right, let me tell you all this. Oh, uh, right, right, right. You know, what you could do is just like hustle hard. If you just trade in your $10, put in that tech 10X, some fucking savings account with, apparently that has all these interest rates and then you're like yeah you can make a hundred thousand dollars a month and you're yeah. like what yeah with that background music you can make anything sound <laughs> yeah anything inspirational right exactly so so anyway so this podcast basically it's just like we ask people their personal advices that people are given sometimes it's like the most simple advice that helped them out or sometimes just like a very deep like niche advice that it helped them in their life about anything from career to comedy, whatever. I don't know if you got that. Yeah. You could, we could say it later or we could do it in the pie, but it's whatever. But anyways. Yeah. 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 We, we, we can lean into it. I mean, there's so many things that I've, by the way, I did, I think I did not see the text. You're good. Cause I would have thought about <laughs> yeah. something, but I mean, there's so many gems that I've heard, bro. And like, you know, I'm pro asking questions. Mm -hmm. And when I started comedy, I was such a, what I call ear hustler mm -hmm. where people are having conversations and I would like listen to get some information, mm -hmm. not like to eavesdrop. And I'm like, what are they saying <laughs> yeah. about her? What did she do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell you what a, a notepad. He and cheated who? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you're in another group. Did y'all hear? Okay. I like that. But I, I actually do agree with you because you know, uh, you were one. You were actually the first Arab comedian I met when I first moved to LA. It was at Haha. It was when you used to wear glasses too. Oh yeah. And then you had that opener. I look like Middle Eastern Millhouse. Yeah, yeah. Great line, <laughs> great line. But uh, I and you always had like always. You always had like uh, just drop of gems that you would just say, and in a podcast or just whatever. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Like one of my favorite like piece of advice that you've said in a podcast. I think it was. Like in 2020, it was like the right when the pandemic started, it was you're on Latif Tayor's podcast and you mm. said, uh, you know, I think a lot of the times with uh, people, they always um, like they're always like, you know, in a game when you're watching a basketball game, everyone's looking at themselves, trying to see have their moment when the camera's on them. And they're trying to have their moment. So they're cheering, yelling. But if you see the players on the field, they're just focusing on the ball. Mm. And I was like, dude, that's such a great. And now do you remember saying, oh, that? yeah, bro, that's. <laughs> It's actually scoreboarding versus head in the game. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Bro. and that's a, that's something I wanted to like just tell you in person. I was like, dude, that stuck with me for a very long time. Like, just eye on the ball, focus. Don't don't look at the score. Don't look at like you know. Don't be that fan just waiting for his moment, his time to shine. You know, everyone wants that like uh, that small fifteen minutes of fame. So I really like that piece of advice. Yeah, bro. I mean. I think in a lot of ways, you know, and I'm a, I do this too, where I'm looking at my follower count and I'm like, is this video doing well? How are the views doing? Is this video, which is, I, I think in, in one way, it actually is good to check out your analytics and see how videos are moving, see what people are responding to. But also 
for someone to like post something and just be like, let's see what it does. Is this going to be the thing? That mentality is wrong. Mm. It's you, once you drop that, obviously check to make sure, Oh, is it doing well? Whatever. That's okay. But to like obsess over that, I think just takes you away from the next video. Oh, exactly. Once you drop that, it's like, you know, obviously check, see what works. It belongs to the algorithm now. Let it be. Oh my God. I am, I am a huge, uh, I relate to that so much, especially like, like there was for a period where I was like looking at my followers count. I was like, oh my God, my ratio is he, uh, my ratio is 60, 40, but now it's 75, 30. What's going on? Or, or for example, like how many followers I have in the United States. And then like, it is, uh, I was going to say, uh, it does, it got to a point where I was equating my happiness to the value or the outcome of a certain video. Mm. Cause I got, cause I started like heavily posting TikTok, like, early 2021 so i like fortunately got on it a bit early and like i was getting a lot of viral videos and then i just suddenly got addicted and it kind of it legit affected my i was accidentally training my brain to be happy when i had a viral video and then be sad when i didn't which really just didn't matter you just got to stay consistent but oh my god i i know exactly what you mean when you when you like like post a video is there like a certain method you do to try to get your mind off of it man um i mean i would say i just want to make sure it's good mm -hmm. and at least to me because now i feel like the people that are watching me and the people that are seeing me i want to give them quality because there are some videos that i'll have of like crowd work shit where i'll look at it and be like this is easy mm-hmm this feels very easy yeah. or I start to really judge it where I'm like, I think this is corny. Mm -hmm. uh, your own content, my own content. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm doing crowd work and I'm like, Hey, where are you guys from or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And so there's something about that setup that I judge. Mm -hmm. And then I will then not want to post anything where I'm like, I don't think any of this is like really caliber right now. And then I'll start to go through the catalog of like old videos where I'm like, I don't have new shit to post. So I'm like going through the old shit and I'm like, all right, what can I do from here? That's good that I can post. Yeah. So I'm starting to like recycle some videos, which bro, I recycled some videos, man, that I posted that I did two years ago. And it's like, it got maybe 5,000 views. And I was like, this is a funny video. This actually video deserves so much better, but I was just, the algorithm slept on me. And then I reposted it and it's like 300,000 views. Oh, that's great. You know what I mean? So I'll basically... If there's videos I stand behind, I'll post it. I stand behind them, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to become a little bit more selective of what I'm putting out there. You know, like I did this video where I did a Cat Williams impression, and then there was a part of me that was just like, uh, I think I can make this better. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's just, it's a good impression, but I think the words that I'm saying and the setup that I gave the cat that I, that I was doing just didn't work for me. Yeah. So I deleted the video and I was like, I think I could do better. So then I have a new idea. And I'm gonna refilm. I'm gonna refilm that, repost it. Oh, so, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, man. So I think the caliber of work is important to me. That makes and sense. The quality of it. Yeah, yeah. You're focusing more on quality over quantity, and like I, I, it's like this healthy balance of like you know, be consistent with posting, but also being proud of what you're posting. You know what I mean? Like what you're doing. I mean, that is. I mean, that is good of like, you're being critical of what you wanted to post of like being uh, like, it's like, oh, I don't want this. What do you do? What do you like what you mentioned about the crowd work thing rather yeah, yeah. than like, yeah, rather than like, I just need something to post because then later you don't 
I don't know. You want to post something that you're incredibly proud of. So when you get the reception for it, you're like, yes, like this is, there is a, it's more uh, fulfilling to be exact. I guess that's. Yeah, totally. But, but also, you know, like the game that we're in, bro, if the algorithm will be like, fuck you. Oh, you don't want to post? Bitch. Yeah, right. And then they'll just shut down all your videos. Exactly. Like right now, like my TikTok is just completely shut down. Oh, my TikTok's hara. Oh, my God. Bro, I'm posting a video and I'm like, 5,000 views. That's it. Oh, I'm lucky if I get a thousand views at this point. A thousand? Yeah. Right now? No. I used to have like million, million, million. Like, you was really good. I was doing well. But lately, like, everything I post has been like pretty i have i don't know because some people i have a friend who told me is because i posted about palace and i'm like hey you could donate for this that's what happened to me too okay do, do you think it's the same reason because like when i posted about palestine it really like like people they believe it's what it, it's what like drove down my viewership and stuff like that because um, i was like the people and it's pinned to my profile too like a few still on my tiktok yeah are your hashtags like palestine yeah and like help now hashtag help <laughs> help hashtag these anti-zionism <laughs> hashtag genocide yeah it's something like that just very like help the and it was i'm promoting the middle eastern children alliance it's like it's not even like I mean, even there were some Palestinians that were like, this is neutral. I'm like, I'm just, I'm pro uh, peace. That's what I'm at. But yeah, I mean, I even posted uh, yesterday, I posted about, um, and I still stand by this joke about how Houthis, they've been seizing the red, the ships at the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a Yemeni, I'm different about, I feel a bit indifferent because on one hand, yeah, they're helping Palestinians, but like Houthis really did cause a ruckus in Yemen you know it's like your high school bully getting into charity uh, and, right. yeah, and everyone's like oh my god they're amazing and I'm just like oh, he's still an asshole though <laughs> like, right, yeah, yeah. like like very I mean I mean it's doing well but because I say Palestinians I feel like it's like oh it's getting suppressed like it's getting like no views on YouTube shorts or it's getting like I don't know. It suppresses a lot. But then again, I'm seeing other, like Samuel Bade, he's been posting a lot of Palestine. And it's killing. And he's doing great. So it's like, so it's like, I don't know. Sometimes uh, I try my best to not blame the algorithm rather than like, I just changed the the name from algorithm to audience. I was like, okay, does my particular audience, maybe they just don't want to hear about it or or maybe. Yeah, man. And again, it, it's like that thing. It's like, um, like I had an Israel Palestine bit that I posted and I'm very proud of it. Oh, uh, which one? I think I've heard it. Can you remind me? Uh, I was talking about how the internet going is going through a lot of phases. Like, mm-hmm. like I remember my whole feed at one point was just Israel, Palestine and Jada Pinkett Smith. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Will Smith and Palestine are both <laughs> are both under occupation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's and, a good bit. And so like using occupation is like a trigger word, I think, to the algorithm in a lot right, of ways. Exactly. I'm also noticing that people are like bleeping the word Palestinian. So like these guys are like, you got to help the... <laughs> I'm telling you, the <laughs> Indians yeah, yeah. people need us. <laughs> people are bleeping out Pal- Palestinian. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Bleeping out Zionism. Bleeping wow. out Zionist. Or Israel. Israel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certain words. Yeah, yeah. or like Hamas is like H, and then they'll put like star, star, star. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sense. like, they're treating these words the same way we would treat like the N word. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like all these words that are, you know, not that I'm, uh, you know, pro N word. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> at all. <laughs> but like, just uh, I don't. I'm not di dirty. I don't swear that much anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I it's agree. like I'm noticing a lot of videos. People are just bleeping out a lot of words to get their e point across. Even on posts, like they'll say like the uh, pal. They instead of saying Palestinians, they'll say the P, just capital P, or the watermelon. Yeah, the, the watermelon. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we're in a we're in a really strange time. As uh, speaking of which, like, uh, uh, I wanted to speaking of strange times. You're releasing a special. What a great yeah. transition. I know, but like, no, you just released your special. I uh, I know you did a screening at the Hollywood Improv. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I was doing some spots, but like, as soon as I came in, they had just finished the screening. You guys were doing interview. You and Basim Yusuf, and I was like, I ran up, say hi, and I was like, yeah, 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 for yeah. another yeah, spot. Bro. But like, how? Come through. But how did how the screening go? Like, I've always wondered, like, you streaming your like, you have your special playing, and then you have a full audience, and now you gotta like see i don't know like i wanted to know what were you how are you feeling i'm incredibly proud yeah of this special bro yeah we're well, i mean we're all i mean we're all proud like i was seriously a lot of people like all your auto group of friends you're close and we're all proud so thank you buddy thank i'm you, sure man. i'm sure like it was a really good uh feeling of just seeing a live a group full room full of people not just laughing at your stand-up just live performance but like a video uh, like a, your own special so that's must have been a great feeling yeah it, it's two things it's like you know like when you want to show someone a youtube video and you're like watching them watch it <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah yeah Check <laughs> that's, this that's how i feel so yeah. it's like this for like a group full of people <laughs> <laughs> i'm like no no whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, look at their reaction. Part. That'd be funny if you were like that the whole the whole special <laughs> just holding the screen like this <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like wait this is the best part <laughs> and you're laughing harder than them you're like oh, oh yeah because I've, I've had people do that where they'll show me a thing and then right when it's like the funny part they'll be like <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Look. yeah that's you know how I, mean? I that's how i am when i bring a girl home with me i'm like wait you've never seen godfather <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah then look at this part yeah yeah. yeah 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 like you need to see it bro like and then i'm like explaining how great the movie is oh yeah that's awesome and then like i know you you filmed it in detroit you filmed it in uh october right bro uh i was gonna get to that man i, I filmed yeah. this october 13th and 14th okay got it so yeah. this was uh you know less than a week after october 7th oh yeah that's right that's and right. you detroit has the highest population of arabs in the of entire arabs, country yeah that's right you know and uh i'm uh you know chaldean assyrian mm -hmm. you know i uh grew up and and chaldean catholic and it's like you know a lot of my muslim friends and you know, a lot of my Jewish friends, Chaldean friends, it was just a really hard time for everybody. Really. Yeah, yeah. Just and as all all brown, all Arabs for sure. Yeah, yeah you know what bro. I mean? We it was just this, it was sad because in, in multiple cases, cause like we were we were trying so hard to just just as a community in America, just pushing like like comedians like you and I just trying to be like, hey, we're these Arab people, but we're not like these stereotypes that you put us out to be and we were doing so well and then october 7th happened now back to the brown people are evil do, 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 you know what i mean yeah so it's just like and then you're angry about it it was just like all these bummed out it was just a lot of negative emotions I yeah agree. You, you know and it, it's obviously way more nuanced and way more complicated than that for like, sure I, I think for a while a lot of people would look at you know attacks and like and they'll just be like these are just angry people yeah and it's like you know, it's important to look at what's like motivating, obviously, a lot of this, uh, you know, destruction on both sides. Yeah. You know, and it's like, um, I, I felt like especially when that happened, 
it was just very sad. Everybody was sad. I was sad. Yeah. Obviously, it's like, you know, I have a lot of Jewish friends. I messaged them and, you know, friends messaged me and, you know, and it was just more, it was sad, bro. And then I yeah. think for a while then after that, like, and then when like the bombing of the hospital happened, that's yes. when it became like, Oh, and then they said Hamas bombed their own hospital. Yeah, and then yeah. Amy Schumer started posting. Oh my gosh. Sarah this. Silverman. Sarah Silverman started yeah. posting, you know, and then, uh, you know, then other people are posting propaganda videos and people are posting videos saying, look, the Palestinian people, yeah. like they're not even they're not they're putting on makeup yeah and it's like that's not true right and then you know there's not someone pretending to be dead and then there's videos of like people yeah so there's a lot of propaganda during yeah. that time which i think caused a lot of hate which then you know then michael rapaport started posting oh, a bunch of yeah, shit and, was, and then people started attacking him and then <laughs> he started firing back and then vice versa bro it was basically this online war of people saying their point and it was very sad, bro. And I think during that time to film a special, I felt like I had a responsibility not to throw a rock, not to throw a stone, not to say this is what we should do, but I really just want to give a hug. Right. That's what I wanted to use this night for. So um, the first night, it was a 220-seat theater, Detroit House of Comedy. I think you performed there before. I've I've never performed. I've watched people there. I've I've done a Comedy Castle. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, hey, can, if, if, speaking of which, if you guys could reach out, I'm trying to go back to Detroit, but House of Comedy and Comedy hasn't reached back to me. Hit me back up. Yeah, because they're like huge, uh, you know, fans of this podcast for sure. Are they really? <laughs> no. Okay. Hey, Detroit <laughs> House of Comedy. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys. No, but no. Like, there's. I get uh, because of out of the community, especially the Yemeni and in Dearborn. They're literally like, come to Detroit, and I was like, I'm trying, but hopefully it will happen. Yeah, so. I was gonna say two things. You should definitely. Um, just do your own show. Like you could be obviously get a venue and just yeah, do your own show, just do which that. is what I was doing for a while. But you know, which is what I would do with house of comedy. Like I obviously booked it for that weekend and um, it was 220 seat space. Uh, or 80 people didn't show up and it was, uh, there was someone posted something like, Hey, Friday the 13th, uh, something bad is going to happen. I don't know who posted oh, some shit in Detroit. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, so yeah, someone it posted was something. Something like that. Yeah, it was It was like a, an attack or something yeah, like that. Yeah, but basically people were like threatening the show. Yeah. And so a lot of people didn't show up, but the people who did show up, um, like I... Uh, I had the host, Ron G was hosting, and this guy is such a master. Bro. Oh, Ron G is fantastic. A oh, I saw him for the first time at this, uh, the OnlyFans taping, the Watch OFTV. They were doing another uh, round. I saw him perform for the first time. What a great comic. Yeah. yeah Ron G is one of my favorite people. Bro. Yeah. Is he from Detroit as well? No. He, oh. I think he's from uh, South Carolina. Okay. But you just had him come open for the show. Open yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had him host. I had him host. What a great comic. And uh, Ian Edwards. Uh, oh, yeah. Featured. Yeah. Ian's always fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, man. I love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And I, I would say the, the energy of that night, like it was not like Detroit in particular. And Chappelle says this too. It's not the easiest crowd. You know, the best way to describe Detroit, it's like the improv lab, mm -hmm. you know? So, and you put on top of that, this attack happened. Everybody's sad. Yeah. So I, I would say that evening was really magical, bro, because I really was like in the back with me and my buddy, Azar Usman, who's a producer of the special. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some advice he gave me, you know? And he was like, bro, uh, everyone's here for you. And- you're here to spread love. Mm 
And that's what I did. And I had an objective with the material and it, uh, and it was great. And then to watch people watch it that night, yeah. I mean, the improv lab in general is not the most like loud yeah. banging audience. Oh, the breadheads and breadcrumbs know exactly. I've talked about the lab uh, with other comedians all the time. Yeah, because yeah. you have the Hollywood improv main room and the lab. And yeah, just the way the room is set up, which by the way, I have a funny story about low key. Uh, okay, remember my first uh, Ahmed and Friends show? Uh, it was in the lab and it sold out. Alhamdulillah. This was back in May. And I remember seeing you at the green room and it was low key. It was, uh, what was it? Uh, low key. Uh, uh, I, do you know why I, I keep messing up the name? Cause it was first low key upset and then low key outside. Now it's just low key. Low right? key comedy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was low key and the marquee of the main room is above the entrance of the lab. Uh -huh. So all of you and uh, it was you and Matt's show and all these people were coming thinking it was my show. And then Josh Edwards was seeing like, it was like all these girls coming up and they were like, Paul and Matt shows over there. This is Ahmed's show. And everyone's turning around. <laughs> and then finally, it was like these three Indian dudes come through and they're like, we're here for Ahmed's show. I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> let's fucking go, dog. <laughs> like, yeah. But y'all like sold out like the main, but like, it's crazy how low key, I mean, just, I remember during the pandemic, you called me on the phone looking for like new places. That's when you yeah. ended up doing that truck show. And I was doing that park show you used to see. So mm -hmm. seeing that I'm, go I'm going off top off here, but yeah, the lab is always been like, dude, that night filled room, like standing room only. I thought I bombed. You know what I mean? Like I felt like all in my head and then I was like, oh, I bombed and Malik B. I had him open. He was just like, no, you didn't bomb. What are you talking about? It's just like something about that energy. So to so yeah, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh no, yeah, but but, but, to, but to, to piggyback on that, uh, Rami Yusuf had a a great observation about the lab. He was like, the lab is such a unique space because you have nowhere to go, and and it real all your insecurities, all your feelings, anything you're anxious about is right in front of you and the audience can see it. Mm -hmm. So it's basically stripped away. Who are you? Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and oftentimes, and, and also just the setup of the room in general, I feel like it just has a jazz vibe. You can see the bar. Like I've yeah. seen people murder. I've also uh, seen yeah. people kill, yeah. decimate. Yeah. We did low key in the lab one time, bro. And it was me, Dave Merhej, Moses Storm. And man, we blew that bitch up, bro. That shit was fucking fire, fire, fire show. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, uh, you know, low key is a unique format because it's like three people just riffing. So it's like you're able to access a type of like laugh and a type of experience that normally someone wouldn't get if they're watching just one comic. So it's really like comedy steroids having three people on stage at the same time, right. especially Moses Storm and Damer Hedge. Yeah, yeah, a lot of energy with those two guys. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, when I screen, I want to screen it there because I just wanted to see, I feel like that would be the most honest response of what people would watch when they were actually seeing it on their laptops. Right, right. right so yeah. I, I noticed that, um, and I and it was cold, cold. I went up, I went up on stage and I said, hey guys, thank you for coming. We're gonna play the special. Then we'll do a Q and A with me and Bassam. Enjoy it. Um, and as I watched it, I saw everybody really leaning in and enjoying it. And there were some people there that I really admire and respect that were using words like, you know, very encouraging words, bro, and very uh, beautiful things to say. So I'm very proud of it, bro. Dude. And then I screened it again in Detroit in nice. a, a hot room. Yeah. Bro, it was like 
laugh, laugh, laugh. Everybody in the crowd is laughing as if they were watching the show live. That's amazing. And it was 140 people there, packed wall to wall. It's a 120 seat venue, so it was like packed. Yeah. So I was like, now let me see what this vibe is. So um, it worked out great, bro. Oh, bro, round of applause for uh, for Paul. Hell yeah. yeah Y'all yeah, better dude. be applauding while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they're doing the one-handed one. <laughs> oh, shit. You never done that one? <laughs> no, no, no. You got to like firm this, but let your fingers loose. Do you know, do you know how I taught myself? I saw it. Was, remember Steve Harvey's talent show? It was like an old show back in the early 2000s. Uh huh. And I saw a guy. <laughs> that's a good impression. <laughs> a Steve Harvey? Yeah, yeah. And then, like, and then, like, this guy was doing one handed claps. And I was like, this is so good. I thought like, it was. And we were like, <laughs> yeah. Can someone tell me how he was able <laughs> to move his hands that way? <laughs> and then it was just some white nerdy dude like this. <laughs> just making music. That was the talent show? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. No, it was like, it wasn't even the talent show. It was Steve Harvey's. Uh, it was something, but it was like in the early 2000s. So someone did uh, Glee King. You know what Glee King is? Okay. Nah, this is gonna I'm be, learning shit. This is going to be kind of gross, but here you go. <laughs> you shoot wa You shoot the water that comes from under your tongue right here, and you shoot it out. What the fuck? <laughs> Bro, your mouth squirted. <laughs> yeah. Like, bro, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> what the hell is this? It was some random ass talents that my brother and I were watching. Bro, your, your, your fingers clap on their own. You're <laughs> squirting from your face. Stuff in a lot of <laughs> He's squirting from his face. <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm a bunch of useless talents over here. Flex, you have to flex your glands from under your tongue. It's so useless. <laughs> Bro, that's like what Triple H used to do. He used to walk on uh, before you enter the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just going in like a snake. But yeah, uh, what was I going to say? Wow, what a well, transition from from a water fountain. <laughs> how, proud of, how proud of I am. Like, we're so proud of Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Get a round of a squirt. Yeah, right. Uh, next time, uh, actually, when I was... Well, it was like in high school, like when they had the projector up, I would just gleek on top of the projector. Gleeking. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then she'd be like, what is this water? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be hilarious. You're like, hmm. All of a sudden you start to gleek. <laughs> yeah. My older brother, he was doing it to like it, my brothers and I, we always did it to each other. It was gross. Oh, <laughs> it was weird. Y'all we have a gleek off. Yeah. We had a gleek off. We were five boys, one girl. Yeah. What was your childhood? Like how many, you, I know you have Four, three, well, three, three brothers. brothers. So yeah, it's four it's, of us total. Yeah, it's four. Yeah, that's why I thought. Yeah, three brothers. Are you the? I'm the second oldest. Yeah, well, third oldest. Okay, one younger than me. So I don't know if I'm considered the middle child or my old or my brother that's older than me is considered the middle it, child. The, I mean, you are the comedian. Yeah, I would say maybe <laughs> a middle child. What's the? Uh, what does the second oldest do? Uh, he's a neurosurgeon. Uh, Paul, you're the middle child. All right, I'll take that shit. <laughs> You're definitely the village. He's a neurosurgeon. Yeah, neurosurgeon. Mashallah. Mashallah player. <laughs> what are your other brothers, other, the other brothers do? The oldest brother is a lawyer. He owns his law firm. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the, the younger is what, a doctor? Uh, no, he's a mortgage lender. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but he's he owns his own company. He's also worked with my brother. My yeah. brother, Chris, who's a neurosurgeon, yeah. he uh, started his own uh, peptide company. So my brother, Peter, works with him. 
So my brother is a neurosurgeon by day. Then at night he runs his peptide wow. uh, therapy company. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. My little brothers, they own the flooring company, all American flooring. So they, they run that. Company. All American owned by Yemenis. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what, yeah, it's all American flooring. So my brother runs it. My other brother, Hamza, he's like the lead of the sales team. But on this side, he like has, he created his own little company called Deliver America where they, it's just, it's like a trucking company that he started. And then, yeah, pretty much all my brothers and sisters work for that company, different departments trying to build that up. And then I do have an older brother. I don't really talk about him a lot, but yeah, he's, because uh, he's he's dealing with like addiction issues and stuff like that. So oh. he's in Yemen right now. Yeah. He has a lot of, it, it's like, uh, he has like some mental health issues stuff. It's like, it's a whole thing. We'll talk about it off camera, yeah. but. Praying but, for your bro. Yeah. No, he's doing a lot better. Alhamdulillah. Um, because uh, we, it was meth. You know what I mean? So like we couldn't, so we sent him to Yemen like March of 2022 and it was like, he's doing a lot better. I mean, he does have like a couple, some psychotic breaks, but the hospital, they just like treated him right. And now he's doing better. Uh, I, I do but, have a question about just uh, not to like dive into it no, so no, much, no. but I feel like in Arab culture, if there's like either an addiction or mental health issue, obviously they pretend it doesn't exist. Right, right. Is that the approach your no, no. The reason why I'm going to be honest, bro, uh, I was I used to not bring it up for a couple of reasons. One, um, uh, well, one, it was because my my parents, it was like like my my parents, especially my dad, he didn't want to be reminded about it because he it, it took, he, he thought he was a failure. It made him he made him feel like he was a failure, even though we told him like, no, it's not. You know what I mean? It's not you. It's just like you did you did a great job raising all of us. For me, it was more like a, you know, tragedy plus time equals comedy. And mm -hmm. it's not that I want to make jokes at it, but also it was just like a lot of tragedy that we were just going it was going through. And I was like not ready to talk about it. But now I'm like more <clears throat> because I still like I still have a lot of like it's a lot of um what was it? I don't what's the word? Um you know, guilt, shame, because I shared a room with him. So I had a lot of issues with him growing up. So it was a lot of just tragedy that I haven't processed, mm. you know. But then it was like, you know, I've been going to therapy for quite some time and I've been taking that seriously. But also, I actually talk about it in a epi couple episodes ago, but last December I did ayahuasca. And that, How like... Was that? It was good. Did yeah. you have to like go see somebody to do yeah, it? Yeah, I went to Joshua Tree and it was at some temple. It was like- I, A temple? I, yeah, I did it at a temple. Do you have to like Tree. hire someone to do the ceremony for you? Yeah, I spent some money. Yeah, it was like- Isn't I, ayahuasca illegal? It's medicine. <laughs> no, because I'm wondering, it's like, yeah. why is it like- they have a website now. Yeah, they have a yeah. It's like a full ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, and someone is like, yo, ayahuasca is like, you know, you you go online and you book it, <laughs> yeah. and then like you get yeah. to select like the, the days you're going, the days you're going, and <laughs> yeah. it's like the the type of pillow you want. And they just say, and they don't, they never say ayahuasca. They only say the only thing when we we're at the temple, they're like when you drink the medicine. I mean, to because to, in their culture, it's medicine. Who's they? Uh, Peruvians. Oh, so it's a Peruvian thing. Yeah, is it yeah. an authentic Peruvian guy? Yeah. Uh, or no, a woman? The, no, it was a woman. Yeah. But she, it was actually a white woman, but she's like, but her. She identifies. <laughs> I don't know if she identifies. As Peruvian. But it was like, it was like a mixture of like the shaman and the guardians was like, there were a couple like Hispanic, Native Americans, Peruvian, like it was, and then some white people, but it was all like, it was a really good 
safe space. I guess that's the best way to put it. But like, I just read a lot about ayahuasca. Have you? Have you? I'm. Have you? No, but uh, my girl wants to try it. You know, so yeah. we were thinking about doing some ayahuasca because, like, I'm. I actually I'm detoxing from weed. Yeah. So I just feel like it was messing my brain up for a bit. Like I just keep forgetting shit and I was just randomly bumping into shit when I was sitting down. <laughs> yeah, bro. That's an issue. <laughs> why am I, why am I like, running into you, someone? Yeah. How are you seated? sitting down? You're like, oh. bro, literally I'm sitting down and someone walked by and I would like bump into them. And I'm like moving and I'm like, I'm sitting down, I'm moving my arm and I'm stepping on motherfuckers. So that's an issue, bro. So you gotta like, yeah. Cut how, that out. What kind of weed were you smoking, man? Uh, clumsy weed. <laughs> That's all I was gonna say. You that dumb dumb weed. <laughs> yeah, that dumb dumb. Yeah, that clum clum. Yeah, for real. What kind of strain? Uh, no, I, uh, I, I've actually been. When you take uh, ayahuasca, you have to detox from it. I was already like since October first. I haven't drank or smoked weed, anyways. Alhamdulillah, player. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I feel better. Just cleaner. And I've just been focusing on like eating, working out more and stuff. I'm trying to be the Yemeni preacher Lawson. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. <laughs> that guy is so jacked, well, mashallah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> bro, guy. he is putting in work, man. Yeah. I dude. mean, also it's like the type of discipline, like, you, you know, obviously your, I think your Instagram handle is Ahmed Loves Ahmed, Bread. Yeah, Ahmed Loves Bread. Yeah, yeah. You got to cut out bread. <laughs> I know, I know. I've been like doing better about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I- Ahmed I, doesn't love bread past eight. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Ahmed Loves Bread only in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. But- um. But what was I going to say? Just like, yeah, eating better, cleaner. But when you do ayahuasca, just, just to prepare you and your girlfriend, it's like, you're already not smoking weed. You're already not drinking. And they want you to like go vegan the last two weeks. And you got to cut out social media and cut out like graphic images and stuff. After so, or before? No, before. Because you're about to go deep, deep, like into this, like, you're about to go into the spirit world, dude. And like, <laughs> and you're about to go deep into your subconscious mind. So if you're like used to seeing all these graphic images, especially during that, I went in the early December. Basically no porn. I actually, about 115 days, no porn, bro. I'm at, no, I'm at a hundred and like, I have to check my I Am Sober app, but I'm like, I'm pretty deep with the no porn thing too. And Good, I feel bro. so much better. Yeah, man. I mean, I- 121 I, I, days. Congrats, bro. I mean, that's like a huge thing. I talk about that in my special about, uh, you know, I have a very anti-porn approach, mm -hmm. you know, and it's really like the narratives that um, I have I had an issue with, you know, because it's like it's really just promoting incest. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. just like it, and, and then it's like you're actually subconsciously masturbating to incest. And it's like. And they used to start off by like stepmom. Then it's like stepmom watches brother and sister. Wait, really? Yes, bro. And it's like brother and sister. I mean, it's been 121 days for me. So. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, so uh, the line that I have in my special is that I say, I, I just couldn't keep watching these stepmoms destroy their family. <laughs> oh, I've heard this joke before. Yeah. It's a great one. Yeah, yeah man. Because it's like, if you think about it, it's like, you're really looking at a broken home. Because it's like, once the kid jizzes, it's like, then the video cuts off and it's like, what happens after? Yeah. Afterwards, I'm sure the mom's like, all right, now don't say anything. And then they're having dinner. And then the dad's just like, so what you guys do today? <laughs> yeah. And then they have to have some secret. He feels that energy. Right. And then he's like, hey, what's going on? And then she's like, I don't know. I think your son's autistic. And then now the dad thinks the son's autistic and the, he's not going to say anything because the son's behaving weird. He goes, I just fucked my dad's new wife oh no you know and then really he did it because he misses mom 
It sounds like a CW show. <laughs> it is. It sounds a, like a plot line for a CW show. It 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 is. I don't know what the name of the show I should be called. I think you just wrote a hit series, Paul. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It's called oh, Step Up Son. And <laughs> there's dancing step yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just it's basically fuck a musical. <laughs> yeah. How come they don't make porn musicals? I don't think well, it would. because because it's it, you have to do it on stage. And have you ever smelt porn? Stuff in love. <laughs> I didn't know porn had a scent. There's like a candle. It definitely has a scent. I remember, uh, like, I mean, you, when I used to watch porn, there was like there was a scene of like there were it was like a guy and two girls and they're having sex, and then the in the position there was a fly that came landing on the girl's leg. They were still having sex and then flew off. And I was like, it must have been smelled. It must have smelled really bad. For the fly. <laughs> yeah, for the get out of there. To be like, I need a new location. Yeah, this is gross. Yeah, <laughs> This yeah, is just yeah. disgusting. Um, no, I, I was going to say the reason why like, I quit. I actually wrote my, my porn joke that I go, uh, I quit porn because it reminds me of all the sex that's happening without me. <laughs> it's, okay. like, it's like people are having fun playing recess and I'm that kid in the wheelchair just like, <sighs> right. they're all having fun but me just rolls away <laughs> like yeah but you, like, you're hooking up right yeah yeah I w yeah yeah i mean doing <laughs> damn you're like yeah yeah your whole shit changed yeah yeah, yeah. you're yeah. like yeah. you're like i mean, I mean ah. not not like a lot like it's not like because i don't have like a fan my fan base is because I'm, I'm a very like wholesome person so a lot of like i don't have like hot girls sexual girls i want to have like i have a lot of like very you know very good i don't have sluts i want right <laughs> I, think I need to work harder i need to like i don't have sluts i just have distinguishable <laughs> you know, women who behave like sluts yeah no i just have i don't I have slutty uh fans as weird as it sounds or uh actually you have a actually when i was as um what was i gonna say when i was watching you with basam at, at the screening you said something i was like yeah that's exactly my fan base you and matt rife y'all were like doing like a meet and greet yeah yeah, yeah yeah there's all these girls going to matt and then there was this big one arab guy that's like paul i bring you olive oil yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like that's literally my fan base. i was like yeah that's exactly mine it's just like it's just like or it's like a Muslim woman in hijab. She's like, Salaam alaikum. And I'm like, you know, no touching rule. You know, you take pictures like a presidential can yeah, yeah, yeah. candidate. Just I look like <laughs> I'm doing security for them. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just hands crossed. Like, yeah, yeah. thank you so much, sister, for coming to the mm -hmm. show, you know. But um, yeah, no, I... Uh, no, I'd get like... I mean, I'd get lucky here and there doing the road. But it's like, it's not... Um, I'm... I'm it's not a distraction for me, fortunately. It's not like, I, you know, like I kind of learn from the, the, you try to learn from other people's mistakes and like hearing Chris D'Elia's like story of like, oh, he would just, his whole, sole purpose was doing the road and just like DMing people or what, looking through his DMs. And I'm like, fortunately, I haven't had that happen to me. It's more like I get to, the, I get in town. I try to do my routines like, you know, prayer, meditate, working all that stuff. Oh, great, and then bro. Yeah, because when you're doing the road, like it, it throws off your, it throws off everything, throws off your routine, throws off your sleep schedule. So you, 
you get in back into the habit of not eating right or doom scrolling a lot. And next thing you know, when you doom scroll, you start comparing yourself to other comedians. You know, you're like, oh my God, Paul Elia, I want to be Paul. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm in DC and you're like, relax. Like everyone's yeah. doing their thing, you know? Um, but now like, fortunately, like when I do the run, I'm getting better at like, okay, uh, I met, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm in Nashville. Okay. What, what can I write? jokes about in nashville so i could have some openers up top or certain yeah well, i mean again it's a lot easier said than done for sure but uh that's something it, like recently i've been like working on i'm actually going to be in minneapolis this weekend so oh hell yeah buddy it's going to be cold as fuck i'm not excited I hate yeah the, i hate the i hate the cold you should tell them that mm-hmm I should. Yeah, I don't yeah, like you it. You should open about how much you hate cold weather. I just don't understand why there are so many Somalis in Minneapolis. Like, it's like Somalia, which is like, it's it's an equator. They're equator people. They're all, yeah. it's like very hot, good, warm climate. And then they you, you guys put them in Minneapolis. It's too yeah, cold. I, I think they put themselves there. Yeah. Unless they were displaced. Who knows? I don't know. Like, I mean, I understand why. They start to occupy Minneapolis. <laughs> Yeah, the pirates there. The pirates. <laughs> yeah, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. like seize the ship. They ended up in Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, like, the, actually, as do you know why there's so many Yemenis in Detroit? Have you heard about that story? I is that anything to do with the auto industry? Yes. Yes. Henry Ford. Uh, was either someone who worked for Henry Ford or Henry <clears throat> Ford yeah, himself? Cheap labor. Yeah, they went to Yemen and they were in Hadramaut. A lot of the people, for, although the Yemenis in Dearborn are from Hadramaut, and they were like all these small, skinny guys, tiny guys, and they could like go into the crooks and crannies of the of the machines yeah and he recruited them yeah was he paying them well or was he like doing slave wages i mean knowing history i mean Shit. that's something we could just google and check it out but i yeah. don't know who i mean knows? i mean the ford family owns you know ford field and uh you know they still own the lions they still own the lions yeah oh wow well they're y'all are doing great this season right did we just did y'all just lose no, we won, bro. Okay, that's we're, what I thought. We're, I know in the, we're in the NFC Championship playing yeah, San that's Francisco what I thought. Yeah, this yeah. Sunday, 3.30 Pacific Standard Time. Oh, yeah. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, but like, like at the game or are you going to? No, I'm, I'm not going to go to the game. Uh, but, man, the Lions winning is such a wonderful, uh, beautiful story, really, bro. Mm -hmm. And it's they've been made fun of. They've been a punchline of every joke. Yeah. They've been slept on kicked around and then the because of how bad they were it started to bleed into the narrative of just detroit as a city yeah They're like detroit can't get it together detroit sucks detroit ain't shit and then if you look at it the detroit lions a lot of their games that they did lose very close margins bro very rarely were they like blown out right oftentimes they were winning during halftime mm -hmm. and then something would happen and they would lose and in a lot of ways the the way the Lions are playing now, it reminds me a lot of like sort of like how my career is right now. Cause like for years I've been in this game and then I would do something or like I would do a show, do a guest star on a show or I would like do a set or I would have an audition or I would do something and it's like handle business. I did well, but then there's always like this thing. And in a lot of ways, the difference between me and the Lions is that it was sort of out of my control right? of why something happened, whether it's like, yeah. Oh, we got someone else. Oh, oh yeah. Um, you know, the, the person that was in the room left while I was on stage. Oh, my time slot was moved. Therefore, oh, yeah. it didn't work out time wise. Oh, yeah. we ended up cutting that scene. Oh, the TV show you did didn't get picked up. Oh, the thing. It was always something. Yeah. 
And then so when I'm looking at the lines now and I'm seeing them roll and then, you know, in a lot of ways, my career, in a lot of ways, I see the wheels moving and I see where I'm going. It, it's so cool to see, man. So it's so cool to see the, the the city winning. And I'm just so proud of Detroit. And I'm so proud to be a Detroiter. And I'm calling the special Detroit player. I didn't know how good the lines were going to do. You know I mean, I didn't know they were going to start. <laughs> but it's good. It. Now you're a, it's a good SEO marketing tactic. Yeah. Now people type in Detroit, Detroit player. player. There yeah. it is. That's smart though. By the way, when is this dropping? Um, actually I need to check. Cause if you could drop this when my special drops, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. 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 Uh, is it all, everyone I th- listening? I thought it was already on mint comedy. It's on mint comedy, but then I'm going to drop it wide release on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when? Uh, February 23rd. Oh, dude! I actually released mine February twenty fourth. I put on, I put my own special on my YouTube. I call it special, not special. Oh, I mean, great, bro! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congrats, buddy. Thank you. Okay, February. Oh, it will be. It will be before February twenty fourth. Okay, uh, cool. before because, uh, yeah, it will be before. Well, because it is on Mint Comedy right now. You can yeah. watch it on Mint Comedy. Use promo. Code is it on Paul. your own channel or on the Mint Comedy channel? It's on. on it's it's on my YouTube channel. No, it's not on Mint. Doesn't have a YouTube. Uh, so it's gonna be on your YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm gonna cool. drop it on my YouTube. But if you want to support the special, you can watch it on Mint Comedy. Use promo code Paul. You get five dollars off. You can watch it on there. Early access. Okay, great. Yeah, it's going to be on. Did I already have? I think it's gonna be this Monday. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I think it's going to be on this Monday, the 29th. So for sure, uh, it will be. Yeah. And guys, set your calendars February 23rd on. Yeah. And then you could fo- always follow Paul Elia at Paul Elia Comedy. But uh, we'll plug that. Player, uh, Elia. Paul, wait, wait. It's Elia Comedy? Elia, Paul Elia. Did I say Elia? Oh, yeah. I said Elia. Sorry. Yeah, I, I actually Elia. used to. Actually, in your defense. <laughs> yeah. I used to say Elia. Okay. Okay. Also, also in my defense, I, I thought you were a Muslim for the longest time. And then I remember texting you like, hey, this guy's looking for a Muslim comedian. You go, I'm not Muslim. I was like, I'm so sorry. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you were always so respectful. You were like, you knew the slang. Oh, bro. I'm so tapped in. <laughs> yeah. You're so tapped in yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, well, because yeah. like, you know, your roommates were Rami and then you're, you open for Mo. Like, I'm like, at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy is for sure. Muslim. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Dave Medhaj just, you know, he's Muslim now. And I'm just saying like, yeah, this guy is fucking. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I, I, bro I, you know, I, I've been around Muslims my whole life and yeah. then just, you know, even in Detroit, you know, a bunch of Muslims. So in a lot of ways, it was so much like cross pollination where it was like, you know, like I would even fast because I wanted to have that feeling of getting closer to God. And, you know, in my culture, yeah. we also have our own fast, our own version of it rather. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just admire Islam so much, bro. And like, and in a lot of ways, being around Muslims, especially in entertainment, kept me out of harm's way in, uh, in so many ways. And you were mentioning a lot of the things that I have learned and advice that I've learned and things that I've had has been great advice has been through other Muslims. And a lot of it has been quotes from the prophet that people, uh, my Muslim friends have told me that I'm like, wow, that's such great advice. In addition to quotes from Jesus, in addition to quotes from, you know, Abraham and other prophets, you know what I mean? That have said, uh, uh, you know, amazing things. And so, I've just, I really have such a deep respect for all religions, really. 
you know, except Scientology. Yeah. I don't think it's a religion. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm a huge, uh, Lord bless, uh, God bless Zenu. Uh, all power plays me. Yeah. Yeah. Book me. Tom peace, Cruise. peace be upon Zenu. Peace be upon you. <laughs> Zenu, uh, please. I love you all. Scientologists. Yeah, you guys yeah. are the best. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Or what about Jehovah's witnesses? That one we could shit on, right? Do they have power? I think Jehovah's, <laughs> uh, you, you know, you know, man, I, I feel like everyone has a, anyone who has a passion for something greater than them. I think, um, at the end of the day, you, to decode it, that passion is God, your creator. Right. Everyone should submit to their maker. And someone, and I think everyone should believe that they do have a maker. This is where you cue the yeah. inspirational music. Yeah, right. That's why it's black and white. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Everyone dun. should submit to a maker. <laughs> to your higher power. And once you find your higher power you tapped in, and that's when you fucking go 110%. Because the only thing that can get you that extra 10% from 100 is the blessings of the Lord. Of your higher power. Alhamdulillah. So subscribe today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this is how you fucking become a millionaire, dog. You got to subscribe to the Lord first, dog. Let me tell you something. The the Lord was the first like and subscribe. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No one had more followers than Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> Come on, Kim C Kardashian? C <laughs> Come on, Kanye West? You Bitch. got enough followers, you got bro? Nothing. You got nothing on it. Okay. So now that you're now that you are releasing your special on YouTube and you're getting all it, it all out, are you going are you going to be going back on the road? Inshallah, player. That's the plan. Yeah, man. So yeah. I have the next hour of what I want to talk about. I Already? Yeah. Oof, I mean, bro, I mean, I've been doing comedy for oh, almost yeah. 13 years. Yeah, that's right. So, bro, I went through all these voice notes. Basically, I'll do at least one day a week where I'll take three hours of uninterrupted work. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, let me listen to old voice notes. And then I'll like have like a piece of paper next to me and I'll put it on fast motion and i'll just like listen to things and then i'm like all right there's nothing really in here i'm like oh that's an interesting idea and i'll and i'll play it again i'm like oh that's an interesting thought like i had a thought the other day about when i was growing up i said get into a lot of fights mm -hmm. and uh i would bite people okay yeah i was uh a biter and and i remember i was talking about it one did one day and i was just like bro there's a lot of great biting material <laughs> So then I started listening to it, yeah. and then now I have a bunch of shit yeah. about how I used to bite. And then there was one time uh, where I was working at Quiznos. This was like three years after I stopped biting. Because yeah. at one point I was like, "This I got to stop this lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. And why I stopped it is because- You're going to get yourself hurt. You say what? You're going to get yourself hurt. <laughs> I mean, it was really, I was just leaving my mark on everybody. <laughs> yeah. I was just like leaving my, you know, I don't know who be leaving like a wannabe mark. wannabe vampire, just like- Bro, did you lick everybody. your lip teeth after that? <laughs> no, nah, man. But, well, well, things I wanted to join a gang. I was in Detroit and I really wanted to be bad. There was a part of me that was just like, I just want. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> no, I was about this gang. Funny. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually hilarious. And then people would look at me like, why does this Middle Eastern millhouse? Yeah. You know, and the thing is, I used to like wear do rags. I used to wear backwards jerseys. Did you do black scent too? Uh, yeah. Oh, hard. <laughs> Hard black sand, but also in Detroit, people would just that's how people in Detroit talk. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's how white people talk blacker than the black people, dude. Surprising in the Bay Area, the Asians talk like like they talk hood, yeah, they talk blacker than the black people. It's basically I mean, like blacker. I don't it, know if that's well, it right. was less I'm talking black, and it was really more like I talk with this Detroit dialect, yeah, because everybody would just talk that way, you know. So, right. and uh. 
uh, I and I, I did an open mic when I was listening to um, doing all this material, and I was like, man, there's some really interesting, honest things here. And I'll tell you one piece of advice that someone gave me that I actually saw in a book that David Mamet wrote. David Mamet uh, is a, a screenwriter and a acting coach, and he wrote this book called True and False. And I was deep into acting, and I wanted to like learn everything about acting, so I started like read some books, and I read a few books. One of the best books I ever read uh, was a book called The Practical Handbook for the Actor. And this other book uh, by David Mamet was called True and False. And he said, the truth is the easiest thing to remember. So then I started to think about how can I really elevate my comedy? How can I give someone something that they can leave with? Because I wanted people to laugh, but I also wanted them to think. Mm. And I started to think about the truth of my life and my past. And I was like, I really want to be bad. That was like something that was really important to me because I wanted to have friends and the bad kids were the coolest kids to me. Right. They were always so cool. Like the kid, like smoking cigarettes, the stereotype, yeah, the kid in leather, leather jackets, jacket, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Those kids were cool. And I wanted to fit in with them. So even though I wasn't built for the lifestyle, I forced the situation and I was doing material on this, uh, like maybe when I was three, four years into comedy and I started listening to these voice notes and I'm like, bro, this is all shit. So that's great. So then I started to do that material again with the voice that I have now. Right, right. Now with your experience and all that. Man, bro, like even talking about my father, like talking about different things that have happened with Dude, me and my dad. Smart. I'm going to I'm gonna look back at my voice notes and I'm sure I can pull it. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm bro. I'm going to steal that. And, Thank and then, you. Uh, no problem for gentrifying. <laughs> This, uh, Chaldean comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, bro, the thing is, this is this is an open formula for anyone. It's yeah. like, and then as I was going through, I started to hear myself laugh through the truth and like sort of talk over the truth. And then I would take my time with something that's like not real. And I'm like, why am I doing such a cheesy version of the yeah. truth? And it's like, and then I would I would watch videos of myself doing stand up. I'm like, why am I smiling all the way through the truth? Why can't I just like say it? Why can I say it? I'm like, oh, and then in hindsight, I'm like, I'm this is defense mechanism because there's a lot of truth and pain here. And I feel like people are really seeing me mm. on some improv lab vibes. Right. You know, so I'm like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. So now that I'm able to diagnose and see things for like what they are, I was able to cook up a whole new hour. And bro, I have another hour, separate hour. Wow. So that about a complete other shit about brand new shit. So I'm just like, man, I have a lot here. And now it's like, which is what I'm hoping I get on the road, bro, is that I'm able to basically piece together this through line and this story that I want to talk about. And I think a lot of it is about um, another quote that my boy Narsi said, who's a phenomenal Iraqi uh, lyricist. He said, history repeats itself and then deletes itself. Mm. And in a lot of ways, I'm noticing that. And I noticed that in my life where things would happen. And then I was basically told, yeah, don't even worry about that. That shit delete it. Yeah. You know, don't think about it. Don't focus on it. And that's sort of like how the internet works. It's like, that's why the algorithm is like, delete that post. Yeah. You know, oh, you want to post about people donating to Gaza. Yeah. Watch us stop your, your algorithm. And it's going after the thing that you were mentioning that you were up that we all obsess over. Yeah. We're looking at numbers. We want the numbers to be high. Yeah. We want numbers. We want to it's like, yeah, how about now? Look what happened. 
It stopped. Whether you want to say, oh, it's probably because you haven't been posting or you posted on a bad time. Yeah. And I'm sure there's other factors that go yeah. into our algorithms not working. There's a bunch of factors, no doubt about that. However, you're put in this position where the facts are you post about Gaza. All of a sudden, your algorithm, your videos are not doing well. So now you're faced with a decision. So it's like, I'm going to delete this video. And it's like, or examine that video or go harder, go even, even more. But then you have to ask yourself, is this something you really want to go into? Mm. So as I started listening to my material, I'm like, wow, I said something very real here, which is the truth, which is when I was younger, people would always, like, people ask me now, like, did you always want to be a comedian? And I'm like, really? I just wanted to be bad. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. I want to be. Uh, you want to be the rebellious guy. You wanted to be the bad boy. I want to be a bad boy. And the <laughs> yeah. thing is, I was like, I'm just going to hang around with hood motherfuckers. <laughs> And I started hanging around with hood motherfuckers. I started getting into fights and things. I wasn't good at fighting. So I was like, bro, I got a bike. And that's when my bike career started, which was a short stint. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like eight months of biting. Yeah, yeah. But I bit a lot of people. I think I think you should bring biter the biter back. Yeah, bro. I'm bringing biting back. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember like, I don't know. I was going to call some dude that I bit. <laughs> and I don't know, like the statute but of limitations. How deep did you bite them? I mean, I would bite to the point where they're punching me and I'm still biting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I, I bit everybody, bro. Listen, I've been bit before and I don't like being bitten. So, uh, or I did not like one time, like my brother, my older brother and I, back to my brother, we got in a fight and I still have this scar right over here. Oh, is that from a bite? Yeah. He bit a chunk off my ear or oh, like, man. yeah, I bit and pre-Tyson. Yeah, pre Tyson. Uh, no, post Tyson. Oh, so post I think Tyson, he got yeah, his. Yeah. yeah, he was trying. He to, stole his bit. Yeah, yeah. He stole his bit. What a hack. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Very clever. Yeah, he, he total hack, honestly. But yeah, he like bit it right over here. So there was like a chunk of my ear that's just hanging through. So I had to like I had to like put Neosporin. I could have put a band aid on. Yeah. So like, so when you were talking about, oh, I was a biter. I was just like, oh. Oh, I've been bro. there. Oh, Player, it's not fun. I remember I got my first job at Quiznos. Yeah. And I was probably 15 years old. And I stopped biting maybe four years after that. <laughs> so I've been four years sober. 121 days. Yeah. I was over almost a thousand days. Yeah. You're haven't doing been good. anybody. Yeah. Wasn't even like, bro, I would cut apples. <laughs> I wouldn't even, I, I was like, nah, I'm not going to go back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, this guy came into the restaurant and I thought he looked familiar. And then, uh, when I was checking it, when I was, I was like, can I get you anything? And then he was like, are you Paul? And I'm like, yeah. And then he was like, and I was like, have we met before? And then he was just like, no way. And I saw like a bite mark on his stomach. And the thing is, bro, I got good bite memory. And I was like, I remember that. And I Dude, remember you're like, bro, you're like a dentist when it came to like, oh yeah, that's where my inc that's my work for sure. Yeah, I'm like Banksy, bro. Yeah, I'm a, I'm bitesy. Yeah, <laughs> for some odd reason, the bite mark had Paul Elias signature on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot, Aaliyah, God damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, I it got stuck in my head. Yeah, it had the signature on it. That's hilarious. Yeah. So the thing is, I was just like, bro, and like he, and then I was just like, oh my god, bro, that's crazy. And then he was just like, yeah, dude, uh, you bit me, and I'm like, obviously, I know that. And then I was just like, hey, man, I'm sorry. But I, I don't know if I was like, dude, you want a free sandwich? So I just gave him a free sandwich. And then we discussed it and we talked about it. And we had a laugh about it. And he was just like, yeah, man, that was wild. And I remember what happened. We were uh, on a playground and this kid was, uh, we were doing a softball team where like kids from other schools would like play softball. Mm -hmm. So me and this kid got into a fight, which I got into a lot of fights when I was younger. And so uh, we ended up fighting and then I ended up biting him. 
and I bit him uh, in his uh, left uh, <laughs> oblique. <laughs> That's where all the fat, the, the nice tissue, great. Yeah, bro, because I, soft spot. I, I want motherfuckers to know, bro. Like, I was like NWO. Like, instead yeah. of spray paint on the back, yeah. I would just bite. <laughs> yeah, bro. And then bark after. <laughs> yeah, player. Bro, I, I remember, like, at one point when I started wearing do-rags, uh, people would be like, yo, you know that kid that they used to call me white boy because I just was, if you weren't black, you're a white boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm sure they, I don't know if they did that to you. No, you yeah. Not. But to me, they're like white boy. And they're yeah. like, yo, you know the white boy that dresses like Method Man? <laughs> and people knew exactly who you're talking about. It was you. Those Middle Eastern millhouse. <laughs> yeah. This fucking Chaldean. Bro, Chaldean King. biter. <laughs> yeah, Chaldean biter. Oh yeah, my bro. God. That's hilarious. Well, that's a great bit. And I, I'm excited. <laughs> it's a, it's, a, it's definitely a good bit. Yeah, I'm excited to hear the rest of it. That's so funny. Oh my god! And then, bro, I started like listening to it. And I'm just like, man, there's so much interesting truth here. That, and then I, as I was saying it, I just was like laughing through it, and I was like, oh yeah, and this one thing. And then I was like, no, bro, there's actually a lot here. And it's like, why I would decide to do that? And it's like the truth is, is because I wanted people to be afraid of me and remember me. Because if they remember me. That means it's like I'm in people's minds. If I'm in people's minds, that means I'm cool. And if I'm cool, that means I'm being seen. And if I'm being seen, it's like I'm not being invisible. And oh, when I was wow. younger, all I wanted to do was be seen. Yeah. I wanted to be the cool kid. I wanted to be the quarterback. I wanted to be the main guy. And, you know, uh, I think that's why when I was watching wrestling, I used to identify so much with the specific wrestler, Mick Foley, Mankind. Yeah. I used to identify with him because he was a guy who would give it everything he has. He would like, especially like when he fought Undertaker. I don't know if you remember the Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, yeah, he gave one hundred ten percent, bro. <laughs> yeah, and that temper. And then I'm realizing it's like, bro, this. Uh, and then, uh, man, I saw this other documentary, bro, about Razor Ramon, which I'm really into old school wrestling. Okay, sorry, sorry. Have you seen Iron Claw? No, the new Zac Efron movie. No, it's about the Von Erichs. You have to watch it. But keep professional going. wrestling, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's really good. You will love it, bro. So you remember Razor Ramon? So Razor Ramon, his name is Scott Hall. Scott Hall, basically, he was this um, wrestler who was pretty popular at the time. And Vince McMahon, you know, you heard of the name Vince McMahon. Yeah, I definitely. He's a creator, know. owner of the yeah. WWE. Yeah. So uh, the announcer was like Razor Ramon, and he's about to go out, and Vince Vince McMahon's like, "Wait, hang on a second. There was thirty thousand people in the stadium in this arena." And he goes, yeah, but people are watching me. And then Vince McMahon, Razor Ramon, and I'm, I may be butchering this quote, but Razor Ramon, uh, was Scott Hall, he said that Vince said, there's people who um, command attention and there's some people who demand it. Command and demand. Yeah. Okay. And he goes, you should, it's okay. Let them wait. Because they're there for you. And then I was like, damn. So then he waited and he was like, man, that's such a great point. So he's basically waited and then he walked out and I was just like, you know, and that created something within the audience of people watching. Cause they're all watching the cameras and the thing like, where is he? Is he coming? I'm like, Oh, where is he? And then he eventually showed up and then it was just like, like that. Wow. So and I'm like, bro, that is what the truth is. When you're on stage, bro. And you're just like saying shit. People are just eyes open. Like what? What is he saying or she saying? What what are they doing right now? Yeah. So this is what I'm realizing is a secret formula to creating stand-up and crafting a story. It's like, what is this story about? Once right. you know what it's about, 
it's easier to start to demand attention because you're like, I'm so aware of what this is about. I know exactly what it is that I'm doing and I'm doing it. And mm. it's like, whether you like this or not, I'm so invested in the, what I'm trying to get to. I'm not even tripping over these. If you're not laughing here, it's like, cause bro, I got a bigger point that I'm trying to make right now. Mm. So now that I'm looking at my new hour with this, which is what I did for the first hour, I feel great. I got a great <sighs> runway. Yeah, yeah. It's a good feeling, like trying out new material. It's exciting. You're a lot more passionate. Like, well, like obviously the passion was there for the first hour, but you have that. Like, I really love that idea, the voice note of uh, looking, uh, looking back and listening to. I'm actually after this, I I stop at Republic of Pi, the one on Magnolia, just to get some writing done. And I'm right now working on some newer material and I'm, I'm excited to just, I'm excited to like, like similar to how you feel right now. Like I released February 24th is when I released my own, just, I call it special, not special. And, uh, and, and similar, like, honestly, you and a couple other people definitely inspired it. Cause like it was, it was when we were doing Dubai comedy festival. And when I was talking, it was like almost a year ago when uh, I was just talking about how, like, I want to. I was like, oh, I want certain things, but I don't think it's going to happen. And you were like, no, 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 no. It already happened. Mm. <laughs> you were like, no, no, no. It already happened. It's like, just just put yourself out there. It was like, you're, you're, that's what you were telling me in Dubai. And like, and, I, and, and fortunately, like, I, there, I, it was in DC. I shot in November, taped it myself. And I was like, here's this, these jokes that I'm like proud of. And I'm like, just like you, like, I was like, okay, it's time to put it out there because I want to like start, uh, you know, start from new, like write newer jokes and write newer material. And I've, I've already been very excited. I just did sketch fest last week in San Francisco and it feels, it just feels good. Like, especially here, I was doing like a weekend, I was doing like don't tell comedy shows and I could have, this is, this is how I know, like I'm get, growing as a comedian. I could have crushed with the, the tried and true jokes like you know what i mean like hey the special's not out yet you could still kill with those with those jokes that you know will crush but i'd still like i put my ego to the side and really just worked on the newer material it was wonky clumpy but it still got some laughs and it but you feel better as a comedian after i got off stage and it's like so just hearing you talking about this passion and like i'm i'm like now like i'm gonna leave this apartment being like oh dude i'm ready to like or the studio sorry not the apartment yeah, yeah. <laughs> guys we're in someone's house right now <laughs> yeah. this brick all this shit this is yeah hollywood yeah, yeah. bakery I, I, we're gonna see yeah, this is all hollywood this is all bells and whistles right here <laughs> well, well, yeah, well, well i was gonna tell you bro um it, if you can commit to something oh, yeah we have like 10 minutes we'll wrap it up we'll wrap it up yeah, yeah. if you could commit to like even a few days a week, two days a week, where you're like, I'm going to listen to 10 voice notes. Do That's you, enough. Do you not, cr like, I don't want to say cringe, but do you not? Of course. Okay, that's okay. Do you cringe? Of course. Yeah. I'll listen to something I said from 2013. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I sound like this? I don't even sound like me. Dude, I, I have old videos of like, of my, or old tapes, like my, like 2018, 2019, like that I've recorded. And I was just like, oh no. God, like I couldn't like you just see my ADD brain kicking in and I'm like I I I I cringe as well but one thing I've learned from uh, uh Gary Goldman when he was doing his tweets every day throughout 2019 he said 
always listen to your voice recordings. And uh, and he's talking about the, the aspect of cringing. He said, people don't remember what you said, how you said it. They just remember how you made them feel. Because it would even be shows that people liked in, let's say, fucking 2017. Like, yeah, they liked your performance, but you listen to it now and you're, like, just critiquing yourself. So I think that's just more all, all on your head. But that's why, I, that's why I wanted to ask, like, if there was moments you listen to your old voice notes. And, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, <laughs> man. I can only imagine. Yeah, then like, you push see. through it and I'm like, oh, there's actually a decent idea. Yeah, yeah. So, but you put on on times two, you said, like, you put yeah, on Yeah, I listen fasting. on times two and then I have the headphones in and I have a notebook. I'm I'm basically trying to at least exercise writing from pencil to paper. Mm -hmm. So I have a book where I'm like a voice note. I'm like, this is the voice note from this date. So I'll have it in. And then if it's a really good voice note that I want to listen to again, I'll airdrop it, put it on a hard drive. And if it's something where I'm like, I don't need to listen to this. I just delete it. That's smart. I'm like, I'm just going to go through all of these. Yes. So if like, I mean, there's a reason why we always recorded them. Yeah. Right? Man. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. It's like, you know, obviously I was doing way more shows earlier. Cause I was doing way more open mics. Yeah. And stage time in LA ain't shit. It really isn't. It's like, bro, bro three, three shows a week is garbage. Yeah. But it's like, I'm like, cool. Well, at least the days where I'm not doing shows, I got to just go through these. Got some writing. So yeah. this is like my job. Wait, did I ever send you that spreadsheet of all the shows in LA? How current is it? It's pretty current. Jay Light keeps it. He updates it. Ooh, player, yeah, please send it. send it to a player. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I'm going to hit up these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. No, Jay, Jay Light keeps it. Uh, which I need to I have it on my notes to put him on the pod. Have you been seeing his, uh, uh, he went to Japan to go, uh, um, to go like judge some Japanese TV show. It's actually really interesting. J light. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's actually, it's hilarious. Is it called, you got the light. <laughs> no, he was just like, you got one the of, J light. You got the J light. No, you gotta, you gotta watch it. It's on his page. He's just like, but I just texted you, uh, yeah, wow. the Google. So, so this is updated, huh? Yeah, they keep it updated. It's been it's been up to date. But yeah, I try to like reach out, and fortunately, like there is a show every night. If you just reach out and like, wow, I is, mean, is low key on here? Well, they didn't put it. No, on I don't here. think low key is on. There. It's low key. Check. It's alphabetical order. But no, because don't tell is not on there too. Because there's some. Sh it's more of like bar shows or uh, no, because there's some pretty bigger shows up there too. Um, like microdose comedy or um, there's flights. The one in Hermosa, is that Hermosa Beach? Oh, monthly, Hermosa Beach. third, every Thursday venue. Yeah. Oh, bro, this is great. Contact. Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So just reach out to them and then you could get some more stage time from there. Yeah. Yeah, player. Because I mean, you know, I, I just I, do fourth wall open mic wise. I just do fourth wall and NoHo. I don't really go anywhere else. Uh, how is for? I mean, and that's it's the, the thing. same. It's just because it's slotted. I pay my five dollars. I do. It's I get to leave in an hour. And to be honest, when it comes to open mics, especially in LA, I don't see it as trying to get laughs. I see it as just rehearsal. I'm just trying to get my thoughts out there. You know, um, fourth wall is a bit dingy, especially with like the crowd there. And it's always lots of jaded open micers. But there are some other open mics that like, they'll. I mean, if I just show up because there are people who host open mics that tell me they go, oh, if you're ever on like, like, because they will allow seasoned comedians to get up there. 
which is crazy to say that out loud because I was like the king of the open mic scene for years. Bro, me like, too, player. Like 2018, 2019. Oh my God. I had my own open mic and I just hit, I was hitting 14 mics a week, 10 to 14 mics a week. Cause I just knew when I first moved to LA, like my goal was to just like, cause everyone was just trying to get into potluck uh, at the comedy store. But I was just like, I just remember trying to sign up and I was just like, no, I just need to be good. Like, if I'm going to have the people at the comedy store watch me, you know, I need them to be, I need to be so good. I need to be undeniable. So I, like, stopped going to the comedy store open mic, and I just, all I did was just did all the, if it wasn't a club, like, the only club I did was Flappers. <laughs> like, Man. like, open mic. Yeah. Other than that, I just did the open mics. Yeah. You, know, you know what? This reminds me of a, uh, Marlon Wayne's had a quote that also, this, like, game changer quote. Mm -hmm. He said, it's about comedians. Actually, really, it was more about creatives in general. Mm -hmm. Creatives in general are always looking for a way to microwave their career. Yeah. That's a great quote. However, have you heard this quote before? I think so. I've heard him say it. But no, no, please keep going. Please keep going. Because essentially, and, and the microwave is such a great use of the word because he's, he's saying, if you're going to prepare a dish and microwave it, it'll never taste the same as if, if you bake it. Right. Putting it in the oven, slow cooking something will always taste better. Right. And it's really about patience. And at the end of the day, when you have your dish ready, it's you want to make sure it's the best tasting dish. Because you're if you want someone to eat it for food that you made, you want them to enjoy it. But there's so many people that are like, I just want it to be hot and ready and place it. Then it's like, this sucks. Yeah. This is awful. The content game. Yeah. And and that's then, why there's no know, longevity. So, yeah, oh man, that's dude. This was such a great episode. This was such a great talk. I loved having you here. I definitely going to have you back for sure. Especially like probably in the next six to eight months. Like, you know, not that this, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, I'm just, I'm fucking proud of you, man. Seriously. Like you were literally the first out of when I first met. When I first came down here and now you're like flourishing, mashallah. So like mashallah, bro. Yeah. So I'm very proud of you. Seriously. And now I'm every a lot of people around your inner circle are very proud of you. And proud of you too, bro. Yeah. Proud Thank of you, you too. That man. means a lot, man. Thank you. Yeah, bro. I mean, you know, you're mentioning how many mics you're hitting and the work ethic that you have. Yeah. And bro, this is rare. Yeah, and I sent you the sheet. Yeah, and I use that sheet all the time. And I want to share it with you. So Thank you, yeah, bro. for sure. I have my Ahmed and Friends show at the improv. The next one, I don't know when it's probably like gonna be March, maybe maybe April. But I'll definitely have you on if you're in town. You gotta play you up. gotta come on. It's always fun. Uh but yeah, is there yeah, before we leave, anything you wanna tell the breadheads and breadcrumbs? Man, keep supporting uh, Ahmed, bro. <laughs> Thank he's you. he's doing good work, and you guys are obviously watching his podcast because it's providing something for you. You're following his content. By the way, how often was my hand just in the shot? That's uh, fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, this well, is me TikTok dimensions anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. They're not gonna see this. Yeah, and nine by sixty, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, no, no, they're and and they 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 know this is uh, every auto. And by the way, this is a problem with all of our auto uh, guests. They're always like. Oh. Well, Indians have the churning the light bulb. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, 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 and the Indians uh, or Arabs are, I'm churning yeah. this uh, up. This motherfucker. <laughs>
If you get up from over there, I will beat the shit out of you. <laughs> and then it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Oh, I wanted to mention this. Speaking of Assyrians before we leave, do you know Yash Malik by chance? Yeah, I met him a few yeah, times. Yeah, and then, so it's you and, and then also Crystal Marie. I know Crystal Marie, Vinny Oshana. Okay, I don't know who Vinny Oshana is, but I know uh, Yash actually opened for me at uh, in DC. He lives in New York now, but I don't want to ruin the bit. Hopefully, one day you you'll get to see it. But he has this bit about um, he's a gay comic and how he wasn't. Um, what was it? What was I gonna say? He wasn't. He didn't come out to his parents. He was found out by his parents. And the story is great line. Fantastic. Yeah, but no, it's 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 a full story that he gets into it. But the way he plays his Assyrian mom is. The funniest thing I've ever seen. So I'm like, so one of these days, I'm I'm hoping like if you're in New York next time, I'll definitely connect y'all too. And yeah, I would love for him to like or y'all two to do a show together. But actually, he's running him and um, Laura Lehem. They're they're uh, setting up. They're doing like a big show in New York. So the next time you're in New York, I'll definitely connect you with them. Oh yeah, I I do have an Excel spreadsheet for New York. It's so big and it's not up to date. But the next time you're in New York, just let me know and I could give you all the booker information that I've been using over there. Dope but player. Thank you, man. Do you, do you go to San Francisco as well? Um, not as of late, but basically um, I'm about to do this like huge press run and like I'm going to do as many shows as I can. So I'm going to be in New York for a few weeks and I'm about to basically just start traveling and booking shows like if I don't have a lot of shows in LA, I'm just going to go to Chicago and book like 30 shows, bro. Yeah. And I'm just going to do a whole run of shows. Um, If you want, I mean, I mean, uh, no need, but if you want, I'll be more than happy to come with you to Chicago. Uh, or if you want to do a hit a city together, yeah. that way it'll be cheaper for Airbnb or anything. Let me know. And we could just combine our booker or powers together and stuff like that. But yeah, let me know um, if you, Oh, sorry. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I mean, we'll keep in touch, dude. Uh, follow Paul Elia comedy, set your calendars on his YouTube, February 23rd, or go on mint comedy, use code word, Paul. To, and it's only what? $5, five bucks, That's man. $5, $5. Yeah. I mean, $5, $5. watch the special. <laughs> yeah. But they're all like, well, free. Why, why yeah, I yeah. pay when it's free or, or you could go watch it on YouTube and then send a tip. You could always do that. Oh shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's but true. yeah. So, so, so subscribe to his YouTube, follow him on Instagram. He's absolutely hilarious. A dear friend, everyone. And Oz, obviously you could follow me on mad loves bread. I will be, well, this one's going to be out yet, but I will be uh, Ahmed and Friends show in L.A. at the Hollywood Improv uh, February 3rd. I'm locking down uh, uh, Houston. I'll be in Houston, Texas, May 3rd, and then we're uh, May 4th, sorry, and then I'll be in San Antonio that following weekend. So keep an eye out for my show dates and a big fall tour coming soon. So I'm really excited. So thank you guys so much. Uh, this has been your guest, Paul Aliyah. I've been your host, Ahmed Al-Qadri. Thank you guys so much and have a happy Monday. <laughs>